Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. My co-host and friend. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this is about like a hustle and bustle this season. We're right in the middle of it. And you look like you're going to hustle and bustle today. We are not going to stop. You better put a hat on. If Those you have notes. anything kind of stocking hat or any way of keeping your hair from blowing. Put it on. Put it on because we are going to race through some stuff here. Because you know what we think about Christmas? This is interesting. And I know you experience it. I experience it. We've had done shows about it. Right. Just about the fact that we have this, this Christmas season is a blur. It is. Right. I mean, just everything from the shopping, the parties, the eating, the family and friends. You know, throw a little bit of church in there. Yeah. You've got to do that. You know, that. And, and, and by the 26th, it's all over. I saw a tree on the curb. Did you already? Because every time, every year I say, it's like, do people really still do that? They do. It's terrible. So, so it's like. I'm not saying that's the way, and I, I know that most of our loyal listeners are good. We're preaching to the choir. Some good folks out there, that, but I know we can all kind of fall into that pattern of just watching this thing go by and not realize, not just being able to really, you know, smell the flowers. Take it in. And just, yeah, take it in. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we... Behold it. Yeah, exactly. We did a show <laughs> on Behold, didn't we? Um, but, you know, I, I think, and it's also interesting, too, by the way, like, you know, we have this time off. We look forward to the time off. And we go back to work even more tired. You're right about <laughs> that. Because we've been doing nothing but like nonstop moving and partying. All right. We don't ever really have time to slow down. So, you know, I do marvel always at the wisdom of Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, her specifically at her liturg- liturgical calendar. You know, we start a new liturgical year with Advent. Right. Right. And, and we've done a show. We've done several shows on Advent. Mm-hmm. But I want to just kind of like I want to blaze through the liturgical calendar that takes us through Christmas. And just help us to stop and say, like, well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was there. Right. Maybe I should, you know, and, and, and some of this is past us. But I think if we still see, if we see the wisdom of it. The logic. And maybe we can look forward to it next year. I don't know. And there's still some Christmas left, so people can hear some of this and, uh, and, and get something out of it. But, you know, certainly Christmas, a lot of people don't realize it really, is, the, the season itself, liturgically, does not start until Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Right? Christmas Eve uh, is when it starts. But... Really, we prepare for Christmas with that liturgical season of Advent. Correct. Right. We've talked about that. Like, and it's a perfect prep time. It's it's just a natural buildup, right? It's it's days of counting. Mm-hmm. We literally are counting first Sunday, second Sunday. There's four Sundays, and even the third Sunday, we have a little buildup, little Gaudete Sunday, little little excitement happening there. We're preparing for the feast. Like we're, we're the church knows that we're cooking and shopping and decorating, but you know we're building into it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe originally. When this was first started, we didn't. There wasn't a lot of shopping. I understand that, but but wisdom is something that that travels through the ages and still applies. And I think this still applies even today, mm-hmm. right? That this the church recognizes we need a time of preparation before Christmas, before we welcome the Christ Child at the incarnation. We need a time of preparation. We do. And we've talked about what is the number one thing, Tom? The one number one thing we always do when we prepare for any every one of our top ten lists always oh, has yeah, this on confession. it. Yeah, confession. Yeah, right. And that's a, it's such a cool one because it's like Advent is that time to prepare to receive the Savior. Perfect step. Right. So we go to confession to you know clean house. There you go. 
And so all the Advent readings, what do they focus on? They, they focus like on the two comings of Jesus, you know, the incarnation, also the end of time. John the Baptist, Mary and Joseph, even St. Nicholas, you know, gets in on the act with the, with, we, we have a, a feast day for him on December 6th. And so, but there are also these various feast days mm-hmm. that lead us into Christmas and then right after Christmas that I think sometimes we don't often notice. So I want to spend some time literally with the calendar, Great idea, right? What 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 what's going to happen on you know in, on the calendar? And you have a ton of notes. They can't see it, but he has a ton of notes. Yeah. Well, we know we know what Advent's all about, right? Right. But even during Advent, there are some of these uh, awesome feasts. Uh, like let's look at December six. We talked about. Well, that's Saint Nicholas, right? Right. Well, that's an obvious one, mm-hmm. and we all know the stories about behind Saint Nicholas. And some people do some wonderful traditions, like exchange gifts and things like that, on December six. Mm-hmm. A little taste of Christmas, right? Right. And the connection of Santa Claus and Saint Nicholas is always some something neat. And just recognizing the church even sees a place for Saint Nicholas in in this this festive time is leading into Christmas. I know the traditions of Christmas as they are today, you know, the secular ones aren't the same as what the church envisions, but just understand there is a connection, mm-hmm. right? So then December 7th, that's the Feast of St. Ambrose. He was the fourth century bishop of Milan, uh, you know, and he was a great preacher and very influential in the conversion of St. Augustine, right, back in the fourth century. Well, he wrote a beautiful um, uh, song or chant that's sung at Advent. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's in the Liturgy of the Hours of the Church from December 12, uh, 17th through the 24th, and it's called Veni Redemptor Gentium, Come Redeemer of the Nations. And so St. Ambrose, in his, in his beautiful writing and in his, in his gift here of this calling to mind in Advent, the coming of the Savior, mm-hmm. looking forward to Christmas. And so December 7th is an opportunity for us to, to look forward to Christmas in that way. December 8th, of course, that's the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, right. right? Of course, Mary was prepared from the very beginning for the Incarnation, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why we have this Immaculate Conception, right? Now, we're, we're again, we're seeing these readings about Mary and all of this, and certainly Mary and Joseph play a central part in the Christmas story oh, and yeah. bringing Jesus there. And so we're preparing ourselves, and we see her as the ideal vessel, right, to bring Jesus to us. And this is an opportunity for us to herald that. Right, to venerate her sure. and to realize just her place in the Christmas story and how she was prepared from all time for Christmas, mm-hmm. right, for the incarnation. So then there's December 9th and the 12th. I connect these two because it's St. Juan Diego on the 9th, mm-hmm. and then there is Our Lady of Guadalupe, Guadalupe. on the 12th, right? Mm-hmm. And you know we all know the story to some degree, but uh, in the 1530s, that Juan Diego was visited by the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, up on Tepeyac Hill in, in Mexico. And, of course, the people didn't believe him. The bishop didn't believe him. And then, you know, he wanted a, the bishop wanted a sign. So Mary says, you know, go and pick the roses mm-hmm. that are on the hill. And, of course, there's images of the roses in, like, snow-covered hill. This is in the middle of wintertime. Right. Right. And the miracle there, right, the roses, the Blessed Virgin Mary present at Christmas time, And, again, her, the awareness in the wintertime uh, of this taking place. And, of course, he opened his tilma to the bishop when all these roses poured out, and there's the image on his tilma. And I wonder, like, is that maybe the first Christmas card? I don't know. It's oh, just, there you go. I'm just reaching. And yeah. I know that we don't teach that, but, you know, it's like an no, image. That's good. Right? And that image is still running. You can go see that Christmas card. Hallmark's patron saint. Yeah, exactly, at the, <laughs> at the church that was <laughs> built there. Yes. Um, okay, so then uh, let me go backwards one day from the 12th to December 11th, mm-hmm. and we have Pope Damasus I. Now he's in the 4th century. Mm-hmm. And again, who is he? Well, a lot of people don't think, well, I don't know. He's one of the guys on the calendar, isn't he? Yeah, Damasus, that sounds kind of important. I don't know. What is that? And we start to realize that he was a pope 
that presided over the Council of Rome. And this is the first council in 382 uh, where we first determined the canon of Scripture that would go on and be ratified in other councils. And so, like, the Bible, what books belonged in the Bible? And he was the pope, by the way, Damasus was the pope, that commissioned Jerome, St. Jerome, to translate the scriptures into Latin, making them into the vulgar, the the language of the people, the Latin Vulgate, which now everyone could read, sort of like promulgating. We see there the stories of Jesus, the story of salvation, hence the story of Christmas, right, and it's coming into its, 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 the reality of the incarnation, are all carried in this Bible. And so we start to realize that this is where we get our Christmas stories, and we read these stories in the Bible, and we treasure them, and the church recognizes them, and the church gave us this Bible, and we start to see the connection on December 11th as we're preparing for Christmas to come. We're realizing, hey, let's just stop and reflect upon the scriptures Perfect. that we're reading so much from. December 13th, this is St. Lucy, mm-hmm. and St. Lucy was a third century uh, saint, and she was a consecrated virgin. And so, uh, in fact, you know her because she's a... She one of the things that went, forms of her martyrdom uh, was she had her eyes gouged out mm-hmm. because she wouldn't marry. She was a consecrated virgin, and uh, her mother, you know, had betrothed her to a, a, a wealthy son of a wealthy pagan, and it didn't go well. And right. uh, she was she ended up being uh, martyred, but they took her eyes, and so mm. she got this little plate with her. Their eyes on it. With her eyes on it. But see, she's the patroness of the blind, of optometrists and ophthalmologists, which is kind of interesting. It she's, is. She's, you always, always have the, the, the something that she's associated with. And so this, this beautiful virgin in a picture with holding a platter with two eyeballs on it. Mm-hmm. But again, so I make the connection with like our eyes need to be wide open at Christmas time. We need to be awaiting the Savior. And so often we're talking about being awake and alert because the Savior is coming to, you know, the, like a thief in the night. Right, and yep. so again, being awake and alert, and so Saint Lucy, pray for us that we uh, on December thirteenth, especially that we are awake and alert when when the Christ Child comes, but then also when Jesus Christ comes at the end of all time, and so all the sights and the sounds of Christmas that lead us in that direction. Mm-hmm. Well, Saint Lucy's right there, Perfect. right? So she's helping us to see that. So let's go to December the fourteenth. This is Saint John of the Cross. That's his face day. Uh, and he's a 16th century saint. Um, he is a Jesuit. He's a doctor of the church. He wrote all these great works. Uh, and, you know, he was associated with a Saint Teresa of Avila. Uh, and while he was there with her uh, in the latter days of his life, latter years of his life, he had a vision of the crucified Christ, right? And he drew, drew this image, and he drew the image. It's a unique image. It's like it's, it's from above, like over Christ's head looking down. On the, on the Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the St. John of the Cross, and we see this connection of the cross, but where he was when he drew that, the monastery that he was in with St. Teresa of Avila is the monastery of the Incarnation. So, see, there's a, there's a Christmas connection. There's a little Christmas perfect. story with St. John of the Cross uh, and seeing the crucified Christ. And again, we're reminded by the crucified Christ that Jesus was born to die. Right. Right, and so the gift of myrrh from the uh, from the three one of the three wise men. So now we're going to jump to December twenty first. All right, all right. We have Saint Peter Canisius. He's also a Jesuit. He's from the sixteenth century, uh, and so he was big time into the defense of the church and her teachings against the Protestant Reformation at the time, which was just inflamed, right, and, and just uh, eating away at the church uh, through those years. And it reminds us that we have to defend the religious meaning of Christmas, mm-hmm. 
right? Really associated with the, with the, uh, the, the teachings of the church. So he was an ardent defense, a defender of the church mm-hmm. and her teachings, right? All of them. Mm-hmm. In the same way, we, we've got to stand up, and Christmas has become this secular wonder, has it not? Now it's, it really has. You and I recognize we've been to the, the masses. We, we know how beautiful. We know the, the spiritual, religious, and the theological reading, re, realization that, that uh, Christmas is so important yeah, to us. Yeah, the real reason for the season. Yeah, the reason for the season, right? right. Our, our, one of our favorite bumper stickers. Right. But we have to defend that. We do. And so St. Uh, Peter Canisius is somebody who can remind us that we need to we need to we need to be letting people know what the reason for the season is. True. Right? We need to defend the church at all at all costs. Um, so we are halfway through our little list and okay. we're halfway through our show. Perfect. So this is good, right? Is, you're on track. Yeah. So we're talking about all the wonderful saints that come our way during the Christmas season, their advent and Christmas in preparation for the incarnation, and then through the rest of the Christmas season, all those great feasts of the church that help us to see the big picture of Christmas. I love the big picture stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so another big picture thing is this is the Catholic Cafe radio program. We'd love for you to visit our website thecatholiccafe.com and also I'd love to hear from you send me what you got for Christmas I'd love to see that Christmas list (laughs) fulfilled right and I hope it's like peace love and joy for all the world and all that kind of stuff to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com and with that we'll be right back I'm Bess Drzymski and this is another great moment in church history It is the understatement of the millennia to say that the very early church proved to be difficult and trying times for believers in the Lord Jesus. Not only were they considered outcast by the Jews of their day, but Rome had obviously set her sights on the fledgling church as well. In fact, even while many of the original twelve apostles were still alive, countless Christians were being martyred by the Roman authorities for their newfound faith in Christ and His Church. One of the worst enemies of the early church was Emperor Nero. The year 64 AD proved to be the height of his persecutions of Christians. This is a year that Rome burned, and two-thirds of the Eternal City lay in ruins. It is said that Nero might have set the fires intentionally so that he could rebuild the city as he saw fit, or that he simply wanted to create a reason to gain support from the Roman citizens for his persecution of the church. But regardless of why the fires were started, Nero needed a scapegoat, and he blamed the early Christians. He soon began a bloody rampage of persecution, torture, and death, the likes of which had never been seen in Rome. Many non-Christian ancient historians have documented the unusually gruesome deaths that were perpetrated on these early faithful. Many were crucified, many dressed in animal skins and thrown to wild beasts for entertainment and tradition tells us that some were even used as human torches to light the streets of Rome. Regardless of the means of death, the Church fondly remembers each of these first martyrs. Called the proto-martyrs of Rome, their steadfast love of Christ, even in the face of a cruel death, would stand as a shining example for Christians for nearly 2,000 years. While Nero's goal was to supplant the Christian movement and stifle the growth of the Church, his actions ended up backfiring. The proto-martyrs showed that they were ready and willing to share in the suffering, death, and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. This served only to inspire and motivate the persecuted Christians. In fact, the more the church was persecuted, 
the more it grew. No one knows the exact number of martyrs who paid the ultimate price for their faith at this time in history, but their gift of witness has made a lasting impact on the people of God. The Catholic Church has dedicated a site in Vatican City in their honor, the Piazza of the Proto-Martyrs. Their feast day, celebrated by the Church Universal, is June 30th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with Tom Doring, and we are talking about Christmas, the Christmas season, big picture, looking Mm -hmm. at the liturgical calendar, and trying to figure out, like, like, there's all these saints in there, and some of these feasts that we don't really focus a lot on, but they're part of the Christmas story, or they can, there are aspects of their lives that lead us deeper into an appreciation for the gift that came to us at the incarnation. Exactly. Right? So we finished off with St. Peter Canisius, and we know that we have to uh, defend uh, the, the sort of religious meaning behind Christmas, and indeed our Christianity mm-hmm. in a world that's gone extremely secular. Well, so there's another on December 23rd, like we're getting right up on the 25th, but here's December 23rd. We have St. John of Conti, and he's a 15th century uh, priest. Uh, now, he was very, very popular and loved, and you know what happens to people like... Imagine like you, you, when people are just people love they love people to death just love them love them love them other people start to get a little jealous big time yeah it's happened with him and he was he he was so popular he was loved uh, just had a great following and then he was unjustly accused of wrongdoing I mean mm. just out of jealousy and and things and so you start to realize uh, you know that he's he's going down but you know what's amazing is. In all of this, in all these trials, and he had all kinds of trials in his life, he bore them all with patience and, and humor, mm-hmm. and just like kindness. When he was turned away at a feast because his his uh, his cloak was not new enough or whatever, and he just said okay, and he went home and got a new cloak and and, and came back. It's just like he would do things like that. These are all part of his story, and that good humor and that love and that joy. I mean, we have that at Christmas time. We want that. We desire, we sing about it. And one of his great quotes is he. He says, fight all error, but do it with good humor, patience, kindness, and love. And you start to think, like, you know, don't we need to do that at Christmas time? We do. I mean, like, right before Jesus comes, we need to be more tuned in with good humor, patience, kindness, and love than ever. Mm-hmm. Because this season can kind of pull us apart. Oh, yeah. Right? Stress and all the stuff going on. You're right. like you were just telling me, your, your family, we all have it. Oh, yeah. All the stuff going on and connecting with people and making sure this is wrapped and that person's invited. That's and, right. And then it's like, uh, you know, we need that patience, kindness, and love, the good humor. And that's what uh, St. John of Conti reminds us. And then, of course, December 25th. Mm-hmm. We know that big day. It's a, right? it's, a, it's a memorable day. It is a memorable day. In fact, it's like the most memorable day. It's certainly, it's the incarnation. Right. It's, it's Christmas, certainly, but it's when everything changed. And I mean quite literally. The it's world true. would never be the same ever again. You're right. This is why this is you know the year that it is because we started counting from Christmas. That's exactly everything right. changed. That's right. Right. The incarnation, uh, and so uh, you know our salvation, uh, the, the the Prince of Peace. I mean all of that. We we all know that all the Christmas carols. I'm talking about the good carols, not you know Santa Claus is coming to town and stuff. Right. But I'm talking about the good religious carols. All of them speak of the tidings of comfort and joy and all the stuff that we. 
um, that we yearn for, and then all that was given to us because of the birth of this child. That's right. We recognize that. We've done lots of shows about Christmas, and certainly everyone knows about Christmas. And then everyone knows, as you pointed out, that it's not over. It's not. It's not over. Like, is it, is it over on the night of the 25th, right? No, no. no certainly it's not. We, we, we know that, but so many people, and you saw a Christmas tree on your way over here. It's funny, but it's also sad. Yeah, it is. It is. So, but a lot of people don't even realize that song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, starts on December 25th. That's right. And leads us to the Feast of the Epiphany. That's exactly right. Right? So it's not over till it's over. There's fat ladies and whatever involved in singing, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, we need to realize that there's a whole season here. And so Christmas is just beginning. So interestingly, the very first Christian uh, saint, uh, martyr that we have uh, on December 26th is St. Stephen. That's right. He's the first martyr. He's a deacon, too, wasn't the he? The proto-martyr. Yeah, he's a deacon, patron yeah. of deacons. He's yeah. the, one of the original seven deacons, and he was right. martyred right. by none other than Paul. Mm-hmm. He ordered his martyrdom back when he was Saul. That's right. So, uh, St. Stephen. So, inter- interestingly, you know, the first thing that happens, Jesus is born, and now all of a sudden we're parading out martyrs. It's incredible. Well, there's a connection. We, You know, we start to realize that we're – being a Christian is not going to be easy. No, it's not. And it's even more – difficult now that jesus has come Mm -hmm. and said like this is the deal right this is the fullness of revelation right this christ child Mm -hmm. right and so now we start to go like okay Mm -hmm. that's not easy Mm -mm. and there's martyrs and we look to stephen this great deacon uh and we look to him and and realize that we too are called uh into martyrdom in many different ways in our life right right now, right after him is St. John the Apostle on December the 27th. We have the feast day of St. John the Apostle. Also, he's John the Evangelist, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here it's interesting. We're called to spread the good news just like he is an evangelist, mm-hmm. right? We have John the Apostle as the evangelist. We are all called, also called to be evangelists. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is here. We need to shout this from the mountaintops. That's what we're called to do. That's right. And, and, and right. And so, uh, you know, go tell it on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't think John the Apostle wrote that song, but that was the idea. Uh, but the idea is that we need to go tell on the mountain. Why? Because we stand on that mountain and we can reach everybody. Right, right. And so John the Apostle uh, on the twenty seventh reminds us: don't just keep this Christmas to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let everyone know the joy of Christmas. And I love the first chapter of John, of course. Mm-hmm. Right, where in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it skips down a few verses, and it's like, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's like, that's beautiful. I mean, that that, beautiful. again, that's the Christmas story, right, at its very heart. Mm-hmm. December the 28th, right, here's the Feast of the Holy Innocents. We've got more martyrs. Tough stuff. Yeah, that's tough stuff. I mean, we all remember the story of King Herod. He's like, I don't want this Jesus right. being born, so let's just kill all of the infants two years young, uh, two years and younger, just to make sure we get them all. Terrific. So, horrific is, is, is an understatement, mm-hmm. right? Just... I don't know how many babies died, but the church celebrates them. Even though they're Jewish, they're Christian martyrs because they died for Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And and on this day, we can especially think about those who have nothing, those who are killed through abortion, those uh, who are martyrs that die that others might live. Right. And and certainly all the unnamed, unheralded who suffer persecution in Jesus's name. Mm -hmm. Right. The Feast of the Holy Innocents is is a beautiful, beautiful way to do that. Right, it's somber, it but it's part of the meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right, what comes with Christmas, and of course, December thirty first is the feast of the Holy Family. We know it's all about family. Jesus being born into a family, we know that salvation was born of the family. Therefore, our families are important, and the Holy Family should be our model. 
I'm not exactly. doing that whole talk justice. There's so much more to it. Uh, but but the idea of this of being a Christian family nowadays it's it's tough. We did a show right? on that too. We did we? as well. We've done yeah. shows on almost all these things. January first, the solemnity of Mary, the mother, the Holy Mother of God. This is one of the oldest uh, recognized Christian feast days, uh, and it's again it's back to 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 Mary mm-hmm. and her role then and still her role now. That's right, right. Mary's always going to be important to the ch- church because she she leads us to her son Jesus. Mm-hmm. January 2nd, Saints Basil uh, the Great and St. Gregory of, of Nazianzen. And so Gregory Nazianzen, is, they're, they're both 4th century saints, and they're associated with light, mm-hmm. right? They're, it's really neat. Uh, the lights at Christmas time certainly are still glowing. They're still on the tree. And, of course, the light of Christ burned brightly in these two bishops. They were two great bishops. And I love their prayer that we say on their feast day on January 2nd, O God, who were pleased to give light to your church by the example and teaching of the bishops, Saints Basil and Gregory Grant. We pray that in humility we may learn your truth and practice it faithfully in charity through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, etc., etc. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Of course, it starts with you, you, you gave light to your church. And so those Christmas lights remind us of those two great mm-hmm. uh, bishops. January 3rd, the most holy name of Jesus. So this is where true power is. Mm-hmm. It's in the name of Jesus. And I just, I love the gospel story. We read it, right? And the angel of Gabriel, Gabriel the angel Gabriel, when he came to Mary, mm-hmm. said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? The name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. It's not Ralph, you know, it's not Joe <laughs> Jr., it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's power in that name, and we need to know that. And there's other great saints we don't want to forget. Uh, January 4th, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She's the first native-born uh, citizen of the U.S. to be canonized, but also patroness of Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. Right? We can all be saints, right? That's right. Right, And this is uh, one of our homegrown ones. And also January 5th, St. John Newman, a Newman who uh, an American saint, also he couldn't get ordained in Europe. But he's uh, ordained in America and a patron of Catholic education. So the two of them remind us that we need to support our Catholic schools, mm-hmm. education, and spreading the gospel truth. January 6th, of course, the epiphany. Perfect. The revelation. Christ came for the world, not just for the Jews, right? For everyone. Mm-hmm. A revelation to the whole world, right? And, and certainly wise men still seek him. Of course, January the 8th rounds up Christmas with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. We all have to be baptized, live out our baptismal promises. I never thought we would have gotten through it all. You did great. We have come to the end. Good job. Look at the big picture of the Christmas season. Holy Mother Church, she's so wise. And, of course, we keep coming back to Mary. Mary, who is the mother of God, but also Mary, she's the mother of, Je- of Jesus, certainly, but the, the mother of Christmas. That's right. So we have her to thank for this. So let's invoke her holy name. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, holy Mary, Mary, mother, mother of, of God, God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.